creepy. <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. All right. All right. So let's start with your name, James. My name is Luke Steves. I'm currently in grade 11, and I live in Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, I was recently on a trip to Laos, which is in Southeast Asia, and I was with uh, eight other people from my church. Some of them were adults. One of them was my dad, actually, so that was really cool. And we were there with uh, Mark Miller, who is a World Vision Canada representative. How did you How did you feel when you heard that you were going to Laos? I was incredibly excited. Um, right up the front, I couldn't believe that I was actually chosen because I knew a lot of people wanted to go. Uh, and I was just really excited because I knew that if I was chosen, it would be because God had something really big in store for me. Why were you there? What kind of things did you do? Um, our mission, quote-unquote, was primarily uh, one of reconnaissance. So to go and find out what World Vision is really all about to find out exactly how our money is uh, being used over there, how God is working in Laos, and also uh, what we can do to support them better. Awesome. You're really good at this. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, so um, I'm going to ask you how similar or different was Laos from what you thought it would be, but try to like incorporate, like bring that question hmm. to your answer. So how different or similar was Laos from I'm sorry, incorporate which question? Um, Lao was different from Canada. Oh, okay. I see how you mean. How similar or different was Lao from what you thought it would be? I haven't thought about this one as much. Um, Lao was different from what I thought it would be in that in the main cities, there was a lot more technology uh, and a lot nicer cars. Um, and so originally showing up there, it made me wonder, is this even the same place we were talking about? Are, are we there yet? Because I thought this place was going to be very poor. Um, and of course, we found that the main cities are absolutely nothing like the villages. And when we go to the villages, they are exactly uh, what we expected they would be. My favorite day in Laos was when we went to uh, a little village called Paxanoi. And arriving there, we walked up a hill uh, to get there. And as we were coming over the crest of the hill, we could just hear all this clapping. And as we got there, all the villagers were lined up in two rows, just waiting for us to be there. And the oldest were in the front, and it got to be the youngest at the back. And as we started going in between these two rows of people, the children just started piling and piling these necklaces made of flowers on top of us. Um, that was a really cool experience because we got to see exactly just how elated that they were, uh, that we could come and meet them. And we got to interact with them. And actually, uh, even later, they put on a little assembly for us with a play and a dance. And it was really cool to see how the children there are really, really similar to the children here in that they can still have joy, they can still have fun and fool around, they still have talents. Uh, and they were just so happy for us to be there. So that was probably my favorite part. That part of the trip was meaningful 
to me, uh, first of all, because you really got a sense of how, um, how loving the people of Laos are. I knew right from that instant that these people wanted me to be there. They wanted to have a relationship with me just as much as I wanted to have one with them. Um, and that's really cool because when you're sending letters back and forth with a child or when you're just uh, communicating, sending money, you don't really know um, how personal you can be with them when you actually get there. Like you think there'll be this barrier in between you, um, but they are just people they experience the joys and troubles of life like anyone else. And the fact that we could help them uh, get through those troubles, it, it was really meaningful to see um, just how, how joyful that they were, that we were there. It's really hard to connect to your mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Like, I'm, to, I'm totally connecting with everything that you're saying, but it's really hard for me to kind of, like, not be on the, <laughs> on the video. Um, can you describe your most challenging day in Laos? Hmm. If at any point I'm asking a question that maybe, like, if there's somebody that wants to sort of take that question instead, or... Like, if you think that you had a really challenging day. Um, no, because I didn't really... It's always hard to say goodbye to the kids, I guess I could, yeah, could say. Yeah, um, um, well, I didn't find any uh, particular day particularly bad. Um, the hardest moment of every day was when we had to leave the villages, just because we'd already built uh, this community rapport with everyone who was there. And so saying goodbye to the children um, was, was always the hardest part. <laughs> Children in Laos um, have some challenges that are unique to them and some challenges that are shared by everyone who uh, lives in poverty. For instance, children in Laos are generally stunted in growth because they have malnutrition. Um, That means that as they grow up, they're not growing at the normal rate of a child their age, and a lot of them end up being very, very short and underdeveloped. Um, So that's just a physical physical challenge uh, the manifestations of poverty, really. But something specific to Lao that the children face is when they try to go to school, because a lot of the villages are ethnic groups that don't actually speak the main Lao language. And so when they go to school, they have to learn from a teacher that doesn't speak their own language, and they have to try to understand and still find it interesting. And so a lot of the children there just can't keep up with the struggle. They get bored, and they don't want to go to school anymore. So that's, that's a struggle that they face um, that's really going to impact their future if, if we don't find a better way to deal with it. But World Vision is working on that, so don't worry. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, tell me about some of the children you met in Laos. Like, actually, this is more of a question if you have a specific child in mind. Okay. Um, There's one kid that sticks out of my memory, but I don't know that he would be the reason you asked the question. Ah, okay. Um, well, why don't you tell the story? And then we'll okay. 
On the day when we uh, went to personally meet our sponsor children, we got to play with a whole bunch of children in a school there. And there was one particular boy who stood out to me. Um, he was wearing, actually surprisingly, an Adidas jacket. And he had his black hair coiffed just so, and you could tell by his demeanor that he thought he was all that. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny because you're thinking, this kid is living in poverty. He's the absolute bottom of the barrel, and he still finds things to be prideful in. Uh, I got to play soccer with him, and he was particularly good. And he would always win the contests and competitions that we had with the children. And so I, I thought that was really interesting um, how... how diverse of a personality you can you can develop even when you're in the same circumstance I guess I thought that kid was funny <laughs> uh, what did you learn about yourself while you were in Yeah, that, that might be a good one. Um, how, so there's just three questions left. Mm-hmm. How will your experience in Laos shape your personal motivation for social justice? Yeah, see, those would be two that intertwine. Yeah. Those two questions is sure. the biggest. Okay. Um, one of the things that I found out uh, about myself is that I think I really um, might have an interest in going into leadership in an NGO. Um I think that it would be a great experience, um, not just experience, but a great opportunity to be able to influence the world in such a big way and to be able to help the people who are struggling in such a big way. And actually, um, one of most of my biggest learns were in talking to some of the leadership there and seeing uh, what their role is and what they do and why they love it. And through all that, I could kind of connect with them and think, um, I have some leadership qualities. I have uh, a love for the poor. Maybe this is something that I want to do with my life. So that was probably one of the biggest influences that this trip had on me. That is so awesome. You totally after that. I kind of want, like, it's legitimate. Like, um, so awesome. We'll see, but it's, it's an option now, and I never thought of it as an option before. Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, okay, two questions left. Mm-hmm. Can you repeat the first one? Why is it important to raise awareness of extreme global poverty? I think one of the biggest reasons that it's important that we raise global awareness of poverty is that we really aren't aware of it. We think that we know exactly how it works and exactly what goes on, and we think that we know how to solve it just by throwing money at the problem. Uh, And while it definitely takes money to solve it, um, we're not aware of the complexities of specific countries or or even of just poverty itself. Um, I think it's really important that we're aware because if more people don't become involved in trying to solve these problems, then they might not get solved. And that would be a really, really big, uh, big crisis because... It's absolutely huge. But 
one message that I would want to share with people is that it's kind of contradictory, but it's, it's still true. Even the littlest bit that you give over here, like, increases by tenfold when you get to a poverty, a poverty-stricken country. Everything that we've donated from over here, when we got over there, we found out that it was literally changing their lives, revolutionizing everything they could do. And it's not that much for us. It really isn't. So one thing that I would say is that whatever you're going to give, please give it because it will pay in dividends over there. Just those or the grade two? Okay. Yeah, I'd say grade two. Yeah, say grade as well. And where I went or just those three? Um, your name, your grade, and the name of your church. My name is Luke Steves. I go to the Journey Church in Moncton, New Brunswick, and I am in grade 11. Say grade thirteen. I don't know. You Just nothing. Say, um, you each of a grade twelve, but you're already graduating because you're super smart. Um, That's what you can say. <laughs> little. Yeah, I don't like to say the ages, just because like child protection, right? Like, mm-hmm. Are you the grade? Yeah, I know. I know. How about this? I could say grade twelve because technically I'm the grade of an age twelve. I'm seven. I'm the age of a grade. Wow. And I am a young adult. If you're grade 12 age, like, what's the time frame for the Do I have to say the church like Luke did, or do you just want him to well, say that? We'll do both. So your name, let's say your name and your city. Or you can say I'm a graduated student. Yeah, well, let's do that. Your name, graduated student, Okay. So is it going? Okay. Hi, my name is Charlotte McDonald, and I'm a graduate. Gra- <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let me try again. 
Hi, my name is Charlotte McDonald, and I'm a graduated student, and I'm going to the Journey Church in Moncton, New Brunswick. Very cool. Um, so, where did you go and who were you with? I went to um, Laos in Southeast Asia, and I went with a group of eight from my church, and one of them was my mom, so that was really cool. Um, when I found out I was going to Lao, my youth pastor called me up on the phone and told me I was going, and I literally screamed. I was that excited. Um, I was really excited because I knew I was going with my mom and that it would be a really great experience for us to have together. And um, I'd always wanted to go on a global missions trip, and I literally had never left the Maritimes in my life. I'd never been on a plane, so this was a really huge thing for me. So I was really excited. Um, so why were you there? What, what kind of things did you do? Um, one of the reasons we went was because we are a global church and we support an uh, area of Lao called Sevong Phi. And we wanted to see um, exactly what um, our money was going to in that area of the world. So we went and toured around there. Um, well, there was quite a few things that I wasn't expecting to see. You saw a lot of wealth in the capital city and some of the more main cities. Um, but once you got out into the villages and out in the countryside where there wasn't as much um, urbanization, you saw a lot of what you would expect in a third world country. So there was quite a few things I wasn't expecting, but once you got beyond um, those things, you um, were able to see exactly what you saw. <laughs> like, I don't know where I'm going with this. So. Okay. okay, I think you answered it. Um, when was the same way when I was in Tanzania? It was like, you know, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Um, can you describe your favorite day in Laos and what you've seen Luke may or may have stolen that. <laughs> um, I can say the other day. Okay. Um, one of my favorite days in Laos was when we got to meet our sponsored children. So um, what we did was we went to one of the schools, and they had a lunch prepared for us. So we had our lunch, and then... Um, the first thing that had happened there was the children came up and gave us bouquets of flowers, and that had been happening ever since we started visiting the villages. These kids would give us flower necklaces, and they give us these bouquets of flowers, and it was just amazing. And so we were waiting and waiting, and eventually we got to um, go in a room, and they brought in our sponsored children. And so that was awesome. Our little boy, he was really um, shy, and his mom wasn't with him, so that was a little bit like, oh, but it was okay. He, we gave him some dinky cars, and he was just playing with them, and he was, he was so cute. 
And um, after that, we had a little party with them, and we gave them soccer balls and bubbles, and we skipped rope with them. And uh, the kids, they would be, like, lined up in a circle around us, and we'd just be like, come on, come on. And they'd be like, no, no. And then their friends would push them in, and they'd start jumping, and they would eventually, like, you know, when you're skipping rope, you just kind of fall off eventually, and they'd get so embarrassed, and they'd giggle, and it was just like seeing these kids just be real kids because they had been so shy before. But once they opened up, they were just, it was amazing. And um, when we were leaving that day, um, we were in the van and we were waiting to leave. And these kids were waving at us. They waited for pretty much 15 minutes. And we started doing like this and this. And then my mom started being like, I love you and you. And they would start repeating it right back. And it was, I have a video when it's just, every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh. I wish I could be back there with them. That's so cool. The repeating thing is so important when you're passing culturally boundaries. I know there was a lot of times where I was repeating things that they that children were doing, and they were, and then there's lots of times where I would like sing a song and they try to like learn it. Oh yeah. The English song. Yeah, so cool. Um, let's see. Can you describe your most challenging day? I don't think I have one. You can keep it. Um, I'll keep thinking, though. Yeah. Um, so I think that you, you covered this one really well. Some of the challenges that you go through the game. I have one more, though. Do you? Okay. Maybe. About how the parents will be like, no, don't go to school, go work in the rice fields. Yes. Okay. So, um, what are some of the challenges that children living in Laos face every day? Well, one of the big ones is that um, they have a hard time getting education over there, not because it isn't always provided, but when it is provided, the parents will see their kids and they, are, they see that they maybe aren't learning as fast as they expected. So, the parents will be like, well, what are you doing? Why don't you just go work in the rice fields and learn earn like a living for your family? Why are you getting this education? So that's one of the challenges that they face because um, over there, it is common to only have a grade five education and no higher. So that's one of the reasons for that. Um, well, maybe one of the biggest things I learned about myself, I guess, was um, in the interview we had before getting picked for the team, uh, Linda, the team, our team leader, she asked me, are you flexible? And I said, yes. And she's like, okay, that's good. That's important. So when we're going over there, I was just like, okay, going to be flexible, you know. And we started having stuff thrown at us that, like, I wasn't really, like, I knew it was going to happen, but I hadn't really known it was going to happen. So it was, like, just the food we ate and, um, like, uh, the food we ate and the people we met and having to talk to strangers. I'm not big on that. So it was really, really big growing experience and realizing that I can be flexible, even though, like, I, I thought it was flexible, but... I realize that I really can be when I have to be. So I don't know if that's a good answer, but.
that's the thing I learned about myself. I, I think on like the third day I was in Africa, I called my husband and said, I thought I was flexible. But I was noticing all these little like, like I was trying to control things like my luggage and like where the, you know, wasn't I didn't have clothes thrown around the room. I had to keep everything in my luggage. And it was really like, mm -hmm. Um, one of the ways it'll motivate me is um, now that I've seen poverty firsthand and I've seen how much you can change a person's life and a community of people just by giving your time and giving your money and making an effort towards changing things over there. I've, I've seen that and I know that I will always make an effort in what I buy, what I do with my life to change someone else's rather than just living for myself. Why is it important to raise awareness of poverty? I think it's important to raise awareness because all of the time we don't, we think we know about it, but we don't really. We see pictures and we're like, oh yeah. And then we just pass it by and we don't really think about it anymore. And I think it's important for us to know about it and to understand it, even if it's hard. And I think that um, by raising awareness, we can make a change and we can... Um, help the people who are less fortunate than us over here in Canada and in North America. And the last one is, in light of your experience in Laos, what message do you have for Canadian UP students as they fight for social justice? I guess I would say um, that what we are doing over here is making a difference and to keep fighting for change because it, it takes a long time to make that change, but the results, once they come, are amazing to see and life-changing for these people. My name is Charlotte McDonald, and I'm a graduate student in, well, I forgot the order of my things, okay. Graduate student. Is that the right way to say it? I think a graduate student is somebody that's getting, like, their master's. Yes. Okay. Okay. Graduated. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm a graduate. What did I say before? <laughs> I'm a graduate student. No, no, no. Before, before. I think you said it graduated. Okay. You can just be Charlotte from Moncton. Really Way more complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm supposed to know that. <laughs> 
Hi, my name is Charlotte McDonald. I'm a graduate from Moncton, New Brunswick. Wait a minute, I don't even live here. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Petticodiac. Yes, okay. Yeah. okay. My name is Charlotte. I'm from Petticodiac, and I go to the Journey Church. Okay. Hi, my name is Charlotte. I'm a graduate from Petticodiac, New Brunswick, and I go to the Journey Church. Nailed it. Lovely. <laughs> That's good for my confidence. Yeah, no, when I sit, like, by my mom, I'm taller I'm taller than her because we're the same height normally, but I have a longer torso and she has longer legs. So I love it when we're sitting down. I think they used to have a lot of answers. That's okay. It's okay. It's just you can just steal some Even if you re-say them, they'll take parts from all of us. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Like, we might start, like, for example, um, the story about children putting flowers, right? Like, we might be part of that, and then part of, part of yours. You know, so don't worry yeah. about, don't worry about repeating. Um, I'm trying to decide where I put colors at our house here, because I'm not, we don't yeah. 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 My name is Juliana Heisey. I'm in grade 11, and I live in Moncton, New Brunswick. All right. Where did you go, and who were you with? We went to a country in Southeast Asia called Laos, and I was with eight other members of our church, and one of them was actually my mother, so that was really cool. Describe how you felt when you heard you were going to Laos. It was a mixture of excitement and nervousness because everything at that point was very unknown. We didn't know what we were, what we would be doing, who would we, be, who we would be going with. Like we knew nothing, so there was definitely an excitement there, but there was also a bit of nervous. Why were you there, and what kind of things did you do? We were there to learn more about World Vision and how World Vision works, and exactly where our money is going. Um, and what was the second part? <laughs> what kind of things did you do? We went to go visit some villages, actually, in the ADP that our church is in a global partnership with. So we got to see um, these people that were, we were helping support their community, and that was really amazing. Can you, uh, sorry, how similar or different was Laos from what you thought it would be? It was very different because in the city there was just so much wealth, and in the more rural areas, it was just so poor, and there was definitely a bigger gap there than I had expected, because we were seeing these very luxurious cars in the city, but then when you get out into the rural areas, you're not really passing any cars at all, so there is a bigger difference there than I thought there would be. Can you describe your favorite day in Laos, and what made it so meaningful? Um, My favorite day in Laos was the day we did a sponsor party. So I got to meet my little boy, which was really, really cool, because I finally got to have a bit of a connection. And unfortunately, he was kind of shy, so when we were getting to talk to him, I, we didn't really get to find much out about him because he was just so, so shy. But later, I was playing with these girls, and he kind of came over, and I was able to throw the ball to him a few times. 
And that was just so cool to get a connection with him because at that point, all the language barriers, all the shyness went away because no matter where you are in the world, if you throw a ball to a kid, they're going to try to catch it. I didn't really have a challenging day. Um, what? Yeah, that was basically... Yeah, going home. Um, you know, I didn't, I guess mine would be the same as Luke's, like just leaving the kids. Should I explain that or just use Luke's? Yeah, we can use Luke's. Uh, one challenge that is, I think is more unique to Lao is the fact that there are so many different dialects in these communities. And so World Vision will have built a school and a really good school. And these kids will go and they won't understand a word the teacher is saying because their dialect is different from the national language. And so they'll get bored. They won't enjoy it. And they're struggling in school. And they go home and their parents are like, well, what's the point of school? Because their parents aren't educated and don't see the benefits. So these kids are beginning to drop out of school and going to work in the fields with their parents because they don't see the benefits of an education. Can you tell me about some of the children? Oh, wait, you, can, you just told me about meeting your... Um... I have more <laughs> about the kids if you want me to, but um, it doesn't matter. Um, during the sponsor party, some of us girls had brought over some sketchbooks and some crayons. And so one of the team members had gotten it out and was going to sit with these three girls and color with them. And she was instantly swarmed by a whole bunch of other kids. So the rest of us put in our sketchbooks and our crayons, and we almost ran out of paper. And these kids would draw, and then they would give it back to us. So we now have a stack of these drawings from these kids, and we never asked to get it back. We were just trying to have a bit of an experience with them and to connect with them on a different level. And now we have all these beautiful drawings from them. Sure. I think on a physical level, I learned that I could endure more than I thought. Because going into it, I was thinking, oh, my word, I'm not going to eat at all. I'm going to have to hold my bladder for hours because I'm not going to like where the options. Um, I'm not going to have any sleep. But I was fine throughout the whole trip. Like, none of that ever really came up. I ate everywhere I went. The bladder issue wasn't an issue. And I did fine with little sleep. So I was definitely able to find out just how much I could do with what little I had. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, actually, I one of our team members ordered crickets at one of the restaurants, fried crickets, and the rest of the team proceeded to eat one. And I'm like, I'm not eating a cricket. <laughs> I'm terrified of bugs. But in the end, my mom ended up putting the cricket in my mouth, and I did eat one. <laughs> No. Yeah. 
They were good. They were actually really good. <laughs> you didn't? It's really hard for me to just stick to the questions. I just want to chat. Alright, so let's see. Oh, we got three questions left. And then we might get some shots of everybody together. Do you run another save? Okay, good. How will your experience in Laos shape your personal motivation for social justice? I think now I just have a face to put with poverty. Like, before I knew it existed and I knew a bit about how it worked, but now I have a much better idea of what poverty really is. And I have met people who are living in these conditions, and that is just something that you can't get anywhere else, and that will definitely drive me to fight for it more. I think it's important to raise awareness because people think they know what poverty is and they think, oh, give them food, they'll be fine. But it's so much more complicated than that. It's not just about feeding them for today. It's about making their community self-sustaining so eventually NGOs won't have to exist. And people just don't think of it that way. They think, give them food, give them an education, it's fine. They don't realize how many complexities there can be with it. Um, not oh, word for word. That's okay. I will ask the question, and you just say what comes natural. Okay. Um, so why is it important to raise awareness of extreme global poverty? I think it's important to raise awareness because people think they know what global poverty is, and they think they know how it works, but they really don't. It's so much more complex than people can even imagine. They think, give them food, give them some water, they're fine. But what most NGOs are trying to achieve is creating a self-sustaining village. And that's something that you can't do with just giving them food for today. Nice. Nailed it. Um, In light of your experience in WOW, what message do you have for Canadian youth and students as they fight for social justice? Just keep on doing what you're doing It's making a huge impact in these people's lives. And what you think isn't a lot to them is so much more. Like, and many organizations are actually able to take the small bit of money and stretch it. And that's really what we saw. Like, they were able, like, World Vision and Lao was able to just do so much more than we could ever imagine with the money they were given. And now these people just have a much better life and a much better uh, atmosphere. And it's just really amazing what your money and work is doing. Very cool. Um, how much time do we have? Yeah, go ahead. It's 4.45. So how much more time? Well, I mean, when we're done, this will go eat supper. And then I have to go pick up people. But as long as you guys are back here, it's 6.45. So we've got lots of time. Um, I would like to get some shots of everybody in those glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what's the other thing? Oh, uh, we should probably. I was just thinking, we should probably say something about the thirty-hour famine. And if it doesn't get used for this, will it be used for something else? So, um, does do all of you or one of you want to talk about the thirty-hour famine? Hmm? One at a time. 
I'm the mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mom. And there's a bit more to that. I have we were on a we were at Title Impact and we created this family tree and it's really absurd and I have t- I have three children but they're all older than me and I have parents who are younger. And apparently I'm like a mother figure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, a, like, can, what about it? I guess talk more, like, your, about your church. Like, how, like, what is the 30-hour famine? Why do you do it? What does it do? Okay, well, I, I don't really know how to explain how our church does it, because we do it differently every year. Okay. Um, but I do, I, personally, I do 30-hour famine because I think it's a really neat way to get people, to fundraise because you are experiencing what people in other countries experience every day and you're raising money to help them overcome this challenge and so I think it's just a really unique experience. Why do I do it? Well, <laughs> uh, what do I do that's different from anyone else here? <laughs> Your answer might be different. It might be. Am I good? Uh, I've been taking part in the World Vision 30 Hour Famine for uh, a long time now. I think it's coming up on five years. Um, and every time I do it, I just love the fact that uh, it's such a simple thing. And as much of a challenge as it is to go without food, it really is nothing compared to uh, the challenges that the people we're helping face. So one of the reasons that I do it uh, is to help people who um, need help. <laughs> but, um, yeah, to help people who are hungry. Yeah, she can... Continue or no? Um, no, it's too far gone now, isn't it? Isn't it, James? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start again, yeah. I do the 30-hour famine primarily because it's a great way to help those in need. Um, you get to help the people who are struggling with hunger by experiencing that same hunger yourself. So it's a really cool uh, thing to do. It helps you learn at the same time that you know you're making a difference. Uh, and one of my favorite things to do is set a challenge for myself. So uh, my first year, I actually raised over $100. And then my second year, I actually raised over $500. And so every year, it's, it's seeing exactly how high I can get uh, it's it's kind of the thrill of chase, I guess. Um, but it's a great it's a great fundraising opportunity, and and I love to do it.
consider the 30-hour fan because I know that in, by doing so, I can uh, give people a reason to give me money to help people in poverty. Because I'm actually going to do something because they're giving me money. I just wanted to give a different answer. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so we want to get footage of them wearing glasses, so I will get that together. Let's do some separate. Okay. Um, I need to Have real Yeah. <laughs> 